Oh, let's go. It's the Plank Show. We are on the road in Waco, Texas. Maybe. I know the kind of the little tag for Oklahoma City from some of our buds has always been a BLC, a big little city. I kind of think Waco is right there with us. Sands, an NBA franchise, but with an NBA-type arena that's being built right across from McLean Stadium. All right, here's a question for you right off the top. I meant to bring this up with Toby. But I'll ask you, Josh Helmer. Good morning, Josh. Are you ready for the XFL to make its debut this weekend? Is the excitement level percolating over the XFL, over the Daytona 500 as well? I sense the buzz building. I sense it. Yeah, good morning. Happy Friday to you. Obviously, got to be over the moon, right? (laughs) Just amped. When you think about places that Oklahoma will no longer travel, Josh Helmer, is Waco among those that you'll miss the most as a train goes rolling right in front of my uh, view of downtown Waco? Is Waco in the top three of places? Is Baylor in the top three of teams in the Big 12? And maybe those two are two different conversations that you're going to miss because I'm going to miss playing Oklahoma State, not going to miss Stillwater, but... It's like I'm I'm not really going to maybe necessarily miss playing Baylor, but I'll miss Waco. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if – gosh. It's tough, know, right? For, for me, it's it's hard not to say the two Kansas schools just because of the emotional tie of growing up there sure. a little bit. I, yeah, I guess Waco would be toward the top. Uh, I mean, Ames is – I mean, does Ames do much for you? In basketball, it's – it's great. Hilton Coliseum's got a, a great reputation. Football, it's actually one of the biggest stadiums. But uh, I don't know that anybody would say, hey, a trip to Ames is what we're looking forward to in football season. And that's yeah. k- kind of typical of almost everybody that you would Here, say uh, about these Big 12 teams you're leaving. Here's what I would say. Here's what I think. You, you bring up a good point because no one would say that Ames is a place that they're going to miss. As, as a city, probably. But but every time I feel like I've gone, I've driven. So there's all those kind of fun. I'm sure they're not fun now. Looking back at, you know, some of the things that w- we did was, I mean, driving overnight after the game in 2020 probably wasn't the smartest thing the crew ever did. But we did it, and we made it, and and we got home with the sun bright and shiny. Uh, But those are memories, right? Uh, T-Row and I have driven up there a couple of times, so there's memories. We we drove up as a crew, I think this year, as a matter of fact. I think we drove up. So for me, Josh, it's it's maybe not – and I'm driving up there for softball too. It's not – Everyone will have their own thing, right? You, you I, I say I'm not going to miss Stillwater, and there might be someone that's like, oh, but, you know, I had this experience when I went to the game. So, I mean, sure, there'll be a universal feeling about who who will be, what cities are, and what teams will be missed the most. But I think for every person, it's kind of an individual thing, right? I would imagine so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's. I don't know that there's a slam dunk choice out there is there Mm -mm. 
because I was thinking about this when I was driving down uh, yesterday evening. This could technically be the – well, hold on. Uh, OU plays Baylor later this season in softball for their conference, but and baseball does too, but there's no guarantee that there'll be a home-and-home home for basketball next year. They're not on the football schedule. Uh, there's no guarantee about anything with baseball or softball next year whenever – what, of the four schools coming in, three of them play softball. What, all four, I think, play baseball? So, you know, you, you just you never know what that might look like. I just – I'm intrigued about what that future schedule is going to look like for Diamond Sports in the Big 12. But I, I'm also kind of maybe getting a little bit nostalgic on some of these trips because it might be the last time you go. Now, again, that's getting cart before horse. But I'm talking like end days. Yes, the zombies are coming. The end is here. Everybody prepare yourself. But no, all these trips have a kind of a, a, a little bit of a a little bit of an extra oomph to them because you just don't know. You just don't know what the schedules might look like in the future. So there, there is my I'm sad about the Big 12 five minutes that we can – Maybe Josh just taped that, and for instance, in a couple of weeks, like whenever I'm live in Ames, we can play that. Uh, when I come back down here the weekend of the spring game, that Friday morning show, we can play that, and I think we'll be good to go, right? We just took care of the opening segment for about five or six shows going forward. And now, now we know. take you to the Sentimental Five. <laughs> the Sentimental Five. I would say for me, cities-wise, I never, I've never got to experience Manhattan. So I've gone to like a dinner, but in the, let's see what, I started traveling with the team in 11 and Kansas State doesn't have a softball team, but I've been up there for a baseball series, I want to say. No, 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 no. Uh, I I went up there for basketball. I went up there and spent a couple of days because I did the women's game and I stayed and did the men's game uh, to help set it all up. But I, I don't know, Josh, I. Manhattan's probably not on my list, but that's unfair because I haven't really got to experience it. Maybe, well, we're not going this year in football, so I'm not going to get to. Um, I would I would have Lawrence pretty high up there. I think Lawrence is an awesome town. Lawrence might be number one on my list. Lawrence and Waco might be one in 1A of cities, and I'm really going to miss in the Big 12. And I would and think – I know you've been to Lawrence. Love Lawrence. L- Lawrence is a great college town, plus it's right next door – to Kansas City, so that's that's cool about Lawrence. Uh, I would think Kansas State would rank pretty high for Oklahoma fans, given that the other options are Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia, <laughs> TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, just because Kansas State does do it up right for a football right. game. The, the tailgating environment outside is pretty cool. Aggieville's nice. I don't know that – like, if I'm rating these colleges on where I'd like to live – 365 days a year. I don't know that Kansas State would rank toward the top of the list, but for a in-and-out weekend trip, it's pretty cool. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, well, welcome into the Plank Show. It is a Friday edition. We're, I, I, Josh and I, this is literally like talking it through on the air, okay? This is your, – you're looking behind the scenes. I do need to bolt at about 1030, but – I think I'll be able to get over to the sta- – I know I'm, I'm like two minutes from the stadium. I'll be able to get over to the stadium, and, pro- and they wouldn't let me in this early because they said no one would be there. Though, 
I just think that was laziness because they have a game going on at 10 a.m. this morning, but I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> so maybe, Josh, I could get over and by like 11.10 be set back up. I mean, would Connor be kind enough, you think, to slide in for a couple of segments for us, or is he off doing his high school stuff today? I don't know why that he wouldn't be. I, I would hope or, that he would. Or, here's another idea. Here's another idea. Just figuring this out in real time. What if – what if we re-aired a little bit of BV coming up on the show a little bit after 1030? We could do that, too. Absolutely. The, there's always the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which is – was by the way, I, just as a side, I know I say this a lot. Um, I always get mad at, at Arnie. We might getting be getting one text or one tweet during the show, and Arnie's like, oh, we're getting some good ones. We're getting some good ones. I'm like, Arnie, we've had two texts <laughs> so far on the show. He's like, oh, there's tons of them here. Um, but – I uh, I thought yesterday was one of the best days that we've had on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and I didn't do it the justice that it deserved um, because it's just there was so we, – we, we got caught up in the – in still kind of like what that three-day binge that we've been on, talking about those who are worried about the SEC, um, those that are in that category that think it's a bad move. Again, I, I don't think it's a ton of people, but I do think – uh, it's a it's a very loud group, and I'm not saying that, you know, you might be able to bang your chest in five years from now and be like, see, see, um, but I don't think anyone wants to be that person. I don't think, I, I don't think anyone wants to be that person that's sitting there and just basically pounding their chest that things didn't work out for Oklahoma and the SEC. But with that said, it's been kind of the driving force of this program since Coach Switzer's comments made the round. So I'm just. I'm, I'm, I was, I've been fascinated to see the way that different teams kind of look or different people are looking at this. And then last night, after the Brent Venables press conference, which we're going to get to uh, at length coming up throughout the next, you know, two hours of this program, three hours of this program, Josh, last night, I'm listening to the latest Andy Staples podcast. And you know what? If, you, if you're down, if you're worried about the SEC, like, gosh, I'm worried, don't know, don't know how we're going to be able to compete. We, we, we were 67 last year. If that's your mindset, listen to that show and hear and, and think, Josh, about what those matchups are going to look like. For instance, you know, you think about like the Oklahoma pod group, whatever it's going to be, right, where you're going to have – Three fixed opponents. Now, I don't want to say permanent opponents because I don't think that the four are four total. I don't think that there is a situation out there where you're not going to see this shift as far as SEC scheduling is concerned, right? I don't. I don't think it's going to be. All right, here we go. Uh, here, here's your pod. It's Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, and Arkansas, and that's it forever that's who you've got for the end of eternity i think it's going to be very dare i even say fluid josh i think it's got a chance to be fluid so when they when they give the four to oklahoma are the the, what is it four total right when they give the three in our pod you give texas as a slam dunk Mm -hmm. right texas is going to play oklahoma uh, they, they put categories like Auburn, Alabama is going to be a slam dunk, and they always play. Tennessee, Alabama is going to be a slam dunk. I think they had uh, Florida, Georgia as a slam dunk. Texas, Texas A&M. 
Georgia, as a Tennessee, slam dunk. I would imagine. Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee, right, as a slam dunk. So they were going through all these slam dunks. But when they were talking about just Oklahoma's group, you start thinking about a team like Florida being in there. And I know that Florida wasn't very good this year. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Oklahoma had its struggles too. But could you imagine a fairly regular schedule over the next four years that uh, their their group they had with Oklahoma was Texas. They didn't have Texas A&M. They had Arkansas. I want to say it was Missouri and, and Florida. I mean, Josh, I don't know about you, but the idea of, of getting – there's not a lot of history between Oklahoma and Arkansas in football, right? There's not. There should be. There should be. They're too close not to. Um, and, and you throw Florida into that mix? And, and listen, Florida – here's the thing I don't want. I don't want it to be like a Mississippi State. I don't want it to be an Ole Miss. I don't, I don't want it to be Vanderbilt, though. Everyone is like, oh, that would be like an easy dub. I want it to be somebody. Right, the home the home fans, the season ticket holders deserve to see a, a a brand coming through. They even threw the idea: could Alabama be in Oklahoma's pod? Right? I mean, it's wild when you start thinking about the teams that you're going to see every single year, and then it's bayoued by that the rotation of the other teams. Then what is it? Uh, four? I don't have my numbers right here in front of me. Three, six, six, or whatever it is. You know the, the rotation. If it's going to be nine, I think I would get four. It's it's three. My my point is, look, those teams coming regularly to the to, to uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium to be in a regular part of Oklahoma's schedule. I don't know about you, Josh. That's pretty freaking awesome. It's going to be great. Whichever iteration you wind up with whatever it is 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 going to be fantastic and you're going to see everybody every other season anyways so and you know one of the items you mentioned I'm with you I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility that every two years you could you could change what uh, permanent permanent opponent permanent opponents for each look like right now granted certain ones like Oklahoma Texas that's not ever going to change but Technically, you know, once you've kind of gone through the full rotation every two years, you could you could alter what a permanent opponent looks like. I'm sort of slam dunk. Got to be Arkansas for Oklahoma. To me, that just makes too much sense. Border bordering states, easy uh, to foster a new rivalry there. But man, I'm also not against. I mean, you want to tell me that it's going to be an LSU on a permanent basis, or an Alabama, or a Florida? Sure, sign me up. Okay, so, um, by the way, I keep adding four. I'm sorry, three. Three opponents. Three, six, six. Three, six, six, thank you. Here's the obvious annual rivalries in Andy Staples' comp. It's going to be uh, a talking point, I think, probably for our Monday show, to be honest with you, and I know I've, I've, I've quickly hit it here in the open. But here's the obvious annual rivalries that won't go anywhere. Alabama-Auburn, Florida-Georgia, Mississippi State-Ole Miss, Alabama-Tennessee, and Auburn-Georgia. I guess, Josh, there isn't. Um, this deep-rooted, long-lasting Tennessee-Georgia tradition there. Gotcha. But I feel but like those are the five. I feel like people I've talked to from each of those states would disagree with that. But I agree. Carry I agree. on. I agree. Here, here's what he said: Florida-Tennessee would be one that would be interesting. He wrote, despite being charter members of the conference, the Gators and Volunteers have met only 21 times before the league split into divisions in 1992. So maybe not as much history there. But here's 
Here's where they put the three for Oklahoma, the three six six, Florida, Missouri, and Texas. That also fits into that tier as well, right? So in other words, there's some that feel like when you're setting these these three, it's going to be like the non-conference schedule, right? You're going to have one marquee game, one marquee team. That I mean, I would assume would be Texas, right? The marquee rivalry game. There'll be one that's you know middle of the pack team. There's be there's going to be one team that's kind of in that lower third of the league. So you get that in Texas, you get that middle team in Florida for now, and you get that bottom feeder in Missouri. And you don't think going up to Columbia is going to be hopping whenever Oklahoma plays against Missouri? It absolutely is going to. So for those three, Josh, I'm 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 pretty fine with it. I'm pretty fine with it. I think it'll be amazing. But, again, nothing is set in stone, and it's a really good – like, for instance, think about Alabama in this. If you just Did you end up going on with Ryan yesterday? I did, yeah. How awesome were they? Oh, it was great. Yeah, we had a, we had a good time. He took a couple of Ryan, shots at Texas, so warmed my oh, yeah. heart. Uh, Ryan hates Texas almost as much as he hates Auburn. But listen to this. Like, for instance, for, for Alabama, they've got Auburn, which is their first rival, and then they've got LSU and Tennessee. I mean, that might be – one of the tougher, I keep saying pods, I know it's not technically a pod, but that might be one of the tougher tougher threes that you have. And yet that's that's perfectly done. It's got to be that for Alabama. It is what it is. Mm. It's got to be Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. It couldn't be anything else. By the way, for Texas, it's all like old Big 12, all Southwest Conference. They would have Texas with their uh, first rival being Oklahoma, their second rival being Arkansas, and then Texas A&M being in there too. Mm-hmm. So you would get Texas and Texas A&M every single year. I mean, I think we all agree, Josh, Texas and Texas A&M has to be every season, right? Well, it's like these other games we're talking about. To me, that's a protected rivalry. That's that's not up for discussion. Sorry, A&M. Mm. So uh, just as I'm driving from – as I'm driving from Norman to Waco last night, and I'm sitting in not too bad of traffic. I'm telling you guys, you're missing the boat if you don't take this trip, like leaving at about, I don't know, 6 p.m. I, Josh, I didn't even have to take the expressway through Fort Worth. I didn't even have to take the, the, the toll road. I was able to just go straight arrow, Janeiro. I was wow. like, Ed Janeiro. Yeah. So are you in pretty good spirits now? I'm in good spirits. And I was listening to Andy, and they were going back and forth with this, and it got me really, really excited about the future. But what about the now? Coming up on the Plank Show, 922, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Brent Venables met with the media yesterday, as did every single newcomer on the OU roster. We'll play you uh, the opening statement from Coach V coming up next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. All right, so... Just so the uh, the Plank Show family, the Plank Show platoon knows, there's a lot going on around this program today, right, Josh? You got a little work at 10 a.m. this morning. Um, I've got to get over to Getterman Stadium at 10:30, but I think we found a way to patch it all together, right? I think we we found a way to make this work seamlessly. Where if I hadn't said anything, you might not even notice, right? Indeed, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Sorry. I feel like we need to be an open book here, right? This is kind of a unique time in the day, right? Not a lot of people are either, A, able to listen at work. I can't believe. I have a friend of mine. It's like, I can never listen to you at work. I'm like, why? Well, time to quit, I guess. I know. He's like, well, you know, I I kind of work in a facility where 
we're not allowed to, to, to have anything other than our job. And I'm like, you need to quit that job. I don't care if it's a military job or not. You need to step away from that job so you can commit yourself to this show. It's like I've, I, I feel like in what you know we do, and so many people that have travel and get to listen in their cars or listen on the podcast, we lose sight that there's some of y'all where you just have these terrible, horrible bosses that will not let you listen during this show. Hmm. So with that in mind, I feel like we need to be an open book. Much love here on the Plank Show. All right, uh, nine twenty-eight. Haven't got to it yet. We need to. Josh, what really caught your ear for the Britain Venables press conference yesterday? Anything really jump out? Well, first off, hats off to Britain Venables and and Oklahoma. I thought it was awesome that they put all of that together. We've got so like cool. we we've got more to go through than we possibly could in one day or really even one week's time. So hats off to them. You know, there's not a lot of coaches or athletic uh, departments that are doing what Oklahoma did yesterday. So I thought that was very cool. But uh, the the most Interesting thing. I think it's what everybody's talking about. It's the the massive rebuild comments that fifty three out of seventy six are no longer here. So what uh, what is your immediate reaction to that? Um. Well, I I think my immediate reaction to everything. Well, first let, let me go back to your first thing that you said, Josh. Thank you guys so much. So Mike, Coach Venables. Um, Whomever else had a piece in that, uh, if it was, you know, Woody or, you know, Thad or whomever, Coach John, whoever had a, a, a role in saying, let's get our guys out there. I thought that was one of the coolest things that I've seen. And how they did it was really cool, too, because you had Coach Venables up at his dais, right? And he gave his... He gave his speech, and he gave he answered all the questions. And then they would have 25 separate tables that were set up where every single newcomer sat. And I, I didn't get to stick around because, I mean, obviously I, I had a road trip. I had to get on the road. But at one point, I mean, for 25 guys, there wasn't a dude without somebody talking to him. And it was really an opportunity. I said this yesterday, and it's not just me pining away from the media, but it was really cool to see how these guys were able to interact and how they were able to kind of get to know some people, a familiar face. We, we're we still too coming out of COVID, right? There's still a lot of places that don't do in person. And then there's a lot of people that are, you know, they realize that they don't have to do because they have Zoom. So everything has kind of become Zoom. So, you know, this, there's still this small part where last year was normal. And this is like that. It's full on normal, right? There's no... There's no more. Now, what, what was your other point that you were making, Josh? Because I started going off on being grateful for this and completely, like, stoned out. <laughs> All good. Just the – I think the biggest story of the day was the, quote-unquote, massive rebuild that 53 yeah, okay. out of 76 are gone. Or yeah, you could I, say, put another way, only only 23 remain. I, well, I was blown away when I heard that. Blown away. Um here, here was here was Coach Venables talking about it too. By the way, he talked about the roster rebuild. I'll just play a portion of this, and then uh, we'll get a break. Get back on the clock, and you can hear the full five minute open. I thought this was a great opportunity to get our players, all the new guys, uh, in front of you in the day and age of the transfer portal. Um, something that's unique about it is y'all don't get uh, very long, if at all, an opportunity to get to know these guys through the recruiting process. And so they just kind of one day they just show up on campus, and then next thing you know we're we're practicing. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity. 
um, as we're in the middle of a massive roster rebuild. As we all know, that the last 13 and a half months, and I think that the roster, the 21 roster for the Alamo Bowl, uh, we had 76 scholarship players. Uh, there's 53 of those 76 are are no longer here. So, I mean, that is a that is a wild number. That was two. There was the Cheez It Bowl, and then there was the Alamo Bowl. It's not like we're going back, you know, three or four years, Josh. That was two years ago. 14 months. And only 23 guys remain that played in that game? I mean, that to me is just wild. Now, I, I, I will say, I mean, it got me thinking, so... I'm sure someone has already done it, but I wonder I wonder what that looks like nationally, right? 23 from 14 months ago being left on the roster seems significantly low for a Power 5 team. And, again, a blue blood. So I, I wonder how that would look in comparison to you know, the Georges and the Alabamas, just to kind of get a little bit better perspective. Because you're talking about, what's the, I, I think 76, is, and in that game you had a couple of guys who had opted out of that game, right? Um, so how many, what, what is it, 80 scholarships in college football? So you're looking at, just in that game, 85, 85 full-ride scholarships. So there were already nine guys that didn't play in that game for or, or or maybe Oklahoma was down on numbers. I, I don't remember. But let's just say from the seventy six scholarship players that played in that game, to just have twenty three of them left. And then in that, you know, you could go deeper. I don't think Oklahoma was short on scholarships. Again, I'm I'm trying to rack my brain here. That's gotta be well below the national average. Now, like I said, I haven't done the work. I haven't put pen to paper yet. Might be something I do tonight whenever we get done with our games. But it just, Josh, that seems almost unfathomable. And not all of it was, not all of it was bad, right? Some of the guys turned pro. Uh, some of the guys maybe didn't feel like that they would have the opportunity here, so they transferred other places, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. But that is, bro, that is a massive overhaul that until hearing that, I don't know if it just registered how different that was. And, oh, by the way, what was the biggest difference? The guy who won the Heisman Trophy was the quarterback on that team, and now he's out in L.A. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just wild. Just wild, which to me means that, you know, for everybody that says, hey, we got to get this roster construction and this rebuild totally done, well, you're pretty far along in the process. and. Sure. You know, one more year into this thing, then I think the, hey, he's got to get his guys in here. I mean, I think that's gone one year from now. We're Stoops bros. Where are you, Stoops bros? This sounds like something that you've already worked out. This sounds like something you've already put together over on Sooner Scoop. Come on. Where does this rank with just 22 player scholarship players left from a, a team that was playing in a bowl game 14 months ago? Where does that rank? <laughs> All right, we got to take a timeout. When we come back, the full opening statement from Brent Venables, we'll start hashing through some of the different comments throughout the day, including um, the upgrades that are needed to take that need to take place, the Trace Ford debate um, and, and recruiting a rival, plus 
BV on where that quarterback position is headed to because there was a lot of Jackson Arnold talk, as you might imagine, yesterday. We're talking Sooner football right here on The Ref. All right, we're uh, hashing our way through the Britton Venables press conference from yesterday, so let's do it. Here is the opening statement from Coach and that number, that number, 76 scholarship players from the uh, Alamo Bowl 53 no longer on the roster. Here's Coach and his opening remarks yesterday. I thought this was a great opportunity to get our players, all the new guys uh, in front of you in the day and age of the transfer portal. Um, Something that's unique about it is you all don't get uh, very long, if at all, an opportunity to get to know these guys through the recruiting process. And so they just kind of one day they just show up on campus and then next thing you know, we're, we're practicing. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity um, as we're in the middle of a massive roster rebuild, as we all know that the last 13 and a half months, and I think that the roster, the 21 roster for the Alamo Bowl, uh, we had 76 scholarship players. Uh, there's 53 of those 76 are, are no longer here. So there's been a massive uh, rebuild uh, the last several months, and we're bringing in 37 new scholarship players here by June 1st and 26 here at mid-year. So it's, uh, to, for me, it's incredibly important that I get these guys uh, uh, focused um, in front of everyone so that everyone can uh, get to know them and help facilitate you know, their transition sooner rather than later and expedite the maturation process. And this is a part of it. You play at a place uh, and compete at a place like Oklahoma being in this arena and being comfortable is is really important. And I couldn't be more excited about introducing this group of players here uh, with you all here today. It's going to be, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with them. 33 days until uh, spring football. And uh, so that's coming quick, you know, that first day of uh, spring football. I can't can't wait for uh, for that to get here, but we got a lot of work to do between now and then. We're four weeks into our out of season program. Uh, we're doing uh, all the stuff that you would expect: mat drills, weight room, speed, conditioning, uh, developing, and teaching how we do what we do, uh, systematically transitioning, certainly academically uh, as well, and what the expectations are in the classroom. Uh, the accountability um, that it takes as well, uh, and really on and off the field, uh, making sure that these guys have a very clear vision for for what we expect of them. So uh, what I've seen through four weeks with this group of guys, and we're doing everything from segments and walkthroughs and uh, just a lot of learning the playbooks on both sides of the ball. Uh, I've seen a great competitive depth, um, young men that chase excellence, football instincts and a lot and, and really strong football intelligence both with the high school and with the transfers so uh, you know meeting the needs where where we need uh, you know again just going back uh, the 37 guys that we're bringing in and again addressed the line lines of scrimmage with 15 uh, offensive and defensive linemen nine def- defensive linemen and six offensive linemen uh, five linebackers eight DBs uh, as well uh, both but safety in at corner, three tight ends, two running backs, uh, three wide receivers, and certainly uh, a quarterback in Jackson Arnold. Um, just some dates uh, to, you know, again, put on everybody's calendar. Again, March 22nd, again, that's 35, uh, 33 days from now, be our first practice. March 30th is going to be our pro day. 
you know, where we have our guys in front of everybody. Just want everybody to have that on their calendar. Now, obviously, April 22nd is the spring game, 65 days till that spring game. So it's coming uh, quick. And, and just a reminder for, you know, everybody talking about packing the palace again. And we need to break last year's, you know, outstanding uh, record. Now, obviously, it was the best in college football last year, 75,000. So. Uh, has a tremendous impact on recruiting. That's a, ver a very real thing. You know, show off the passion and the loyalty of the Sooner Nation, the type of environment that these young men would have an opportunity to compete at. It's a really important recruiting weekend. And then we'll release more information uh, with some other logistical uh, things in regards to the spring game, you know, soon. Just again, re a reminder for the renewal date for both season tickets and the Sooner Club. Uh, March 1st is the... Uh, is the uh, deadline uh, for that. So just want to put that on everyone's calendar uh, as well. Some other things that obviously have, are new since we last spoke is our schedule release. And uh, it's exciting. It's a great schedule. It poses its challenges. Um, but it's you know from Arkansas State, SMU, and going to Tulsa, uh, first time in a while we've been to Cincinnati. Obviously, they've been to the playoffs uh, here recently. And then we go to, to BYU as well. UCF is new on the schedule. Coach Mull's on, uh, and his staff will be coming October 21st, and then uh, and then finishing uh, with a team in TCU that played for the national championship on Friday, uh, November 24th. So really exciting uh, schedule. Glad that that was uh, finally uh, put out there a few weeks back. And then again, the, the questions in regards to the SEC. Um, that's incredibly exciting. Don't need to run from those questions. Well, I think it's going to be uh, really great for Oklahoma, uh, but our focus in our football team right now is is the Big 12, and you know we got to get better, and that's really kind of where our focus is. You know, we need to get better to compete in this league uh, before we worry about the SEC. Uh, that'll be here. Uh, soon enough, um, but we got another great, uh, a year uh, in the Big 12. It obviously is a great league, uh, very competitive, and that's where our focus is uh, right now. Uh, there's no doubt um, we're building a program the right way uh, in order to get where it needs to be. You know, we've got a lot of improving that we have to do, uh, both personnel, roster, scheme, uh, programmatically. Uh, there's, you know, how we can be more efficient and make the type of improvement that we need to, to make in order to be a championship program. And I know what championship teams look like. I've been in a bunch of them, and I know exactly what it takes uh, to get there and to be able to maintain that cha championship level. Um, but couldn't be more uh, excited about, again, uh, this year's team, Team 129. Incredibly excited about our football program and transitioning over the next uh, several uh, months and the next couple of years. Uh, just incredibly, incredibly excited. So there you go. Um, when we come back, when we come back, Josh Helmer, I have an interesting pushback off the super secret textoso line to the roster turnover conversation, and to me, it's from it's from a, a, one of our smartest listeners and a dude who has consistently said, eh, "Everyone has turnover." Everyone has turnover. I want to share it with you next. There's the opening statement. Now, we're going to sprinkle in some different portions throughout the show. Uh, the, the recruitment of Trace Ford, uh, where are the Sooners right now as far as being prepared for the SEC? Uh, I, I think the long answer was when James asked about the eight weeks, which I guess is now in the, in the eyes of Brent Venables kind of an antiquated model. 
And what have we learned so far about Jackson Arnold? It's a Friday. We are counting down to Sooner softball. Uh, I'm going to have to bolt out of here a little bit early, but hopefully I'll be able to rejoin from Getterman Stadium as though you get set for Longwood this morning. The Longwood Lancers, 12:30 with the first pitch, 12:15 pregame on the Sooner Radio Network. Quick break. We're back with that pushback on the roster turnover next. All right. So one of the true, I guess you could say, resonating takes from the Brent Venables meeting with the media yesterday was the conversation about roster turnover, right, Josh? Where of the 76 players from the Alamo Bowl, 53 have graduated, moved on, no longer with the program. Um, Sean, I I feel like of the consistent things that Sean has kind of pushed back against, and and I'll be honest with you, maybe I've always been aloof to it. Uh, Maybe I haven't paid attention to it as much, but that number always seemed very large to me, right, with the massive amount of change. So uh, here's what Sean said. He said, you should, in theory, have 25 players expire eligibility each year, so 50 after two seasons would be average. And I'd say with Portal entering the draft or potential career-ending injuries, that number is stable in 25 a year. So to me, it's not significantly larger than average. It's normal. You lose over a quarter of your roster and your team every year, no matter the school. The number is jaded when we say 15 or 14 months instead of two seasons. Sean adds, roster turnover is one of the four pillars of excusing 2022, but even without Williams, it's a false flag. False flag. Considering schedule and ultimate ending record, much like the one-score losses Yes, but K-State and Baylor weren't in reality one-score losses. In other words, they had to score late to make that a one-score game against Kansas State after the third and 18 conversion, or was it? I tried to wipe it from my mind. Third and 16, third and 18, whatever it was, and the uh, same thing with Baylor, a score late. Your thoughts, Josh, to that? Your thoughts? No, it's a, it's a fair counterpoint. I don't know. I'd have to compare and contrast with other folks nationally i guess but that's uh, me too right i i feel like i need to dig into those numbers a little bit more right the the one thing is the one thing is definitely true though whether or not it's on par with everybody else in college football which it may may very well be that could be a strong counterpoint The, the the bottom line of the takeaway for me is this again the need to need to rebuild the roster thing well that's about done right 53 of 76 tells you that it's almost all Brent Venables guys. I think the the idea the idea more than anything else is that for coach Venables it's all new, right? From the perspective of what he inherited outside of the guys that they were able to get to sign. So to me that that number is maybe a little bit different just based on a majority of even those. I mean, how many of those 23 still around are 
are even dudes that, well, I guess you wouldn't have recruited any of them because they were in the Alamo Bowl, but how many of those 23 that are still around were even dudes that contributed, right? Stutzman, I'm trying to just think off the top of my head. Oh, my, Vautech just hit an absolute bomb to take the lead over Oklahoma State, 3-2. to two. I don't know, it's, it's an interesting pushback. Then there's this. Uh, for the 580. Sorry, but Sean is not one of the smartest texters. They guy's an idiot. Listen, I, I like calling people names as well, but we do have to at least get it. That guy's an idiot, 580. <laughs> but I appreciate you. Um, but it's a fair point. It's a fair point. You know, I kind of look at it and say it's all relatively new because he's a new coach coming in. You know, TCU's going to have that roster turnover this year. Right, but they sure as heck didn't have it last year. And they inherited a bunch of dudes that we're talking about going on the first two days of the NFL draft. So I I, I think this I think this, Josh, is just at the core people view it as excusing. I don't need an excuse. Why are you what more excuse? Just go out there and win games, right? I think that's what it's viewed at for a handful of people more than anyone else. When the reality is you know, those, those numbers to me seem incredibly high. I don't know about you, but they seem really high. Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking about 70% of the roster is is going to be completely new. So uh, I don't even know if it's necessarily an excuse-making more so than it is saying, look, uh, we're, we're, we're chugging along in terms of restructuring right. the roster. Yep. Absolutely. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two with a little bit more of – Brent Venable's presser from yesterday. Your thoughts on it at 405-651-3439. We'll also get you caught up on a few of the players who've caught our eye from yesterday's media setting. It's Plank Show on the road in Waco on the Home of Sooner Fans.